right, welcome in and welcome back to the Running Hoops Podcast. We have got so much to get to on today's episode, including a media day recap, a slew of rankings, some questions heading into the season, and much more. But let's begin right off the top with the reports out of the secret scrimmage over the weekend from Josh Newman at the Salt Lake Tribune. Utah had their secret scrimmage against Wyoming and reportedly beat them by 20. We don't have any information, any additional information other than that, but we know that they, that according to reports, they won, they they performed well. It was two 24-minute halves, and that is the extent of what we know right now. Utah now has an exhibition coming up on November 4th against Westminster. Now, right now, I, I believe those tickets are going to be free to the public, and you just go in and, and watch them. Not sure if there's going to be any streaming options, but if Utah were smart, there would be streaming options. little plug for that there. And then, season gets underway on November 9th against Abilene Christian, so we are working our way towards that. I've got a couple of recruiting notes for you as well, but before we get to that, I wanted to let you know that this podcast is sponsored, as always, by Super Chicks. These guys are on a mission to provide you with the last true chicken sandwich, and they have done it. These guys are, are fantastic. I keep raving about them. It's a chicken sandwich that you're going to want to eat. I've had chicken sandwiches at other places. Super Chicks so far outshines them all. Give them a try. Their menu you can check out on superchicks.com. That's superchicks with an X.com. And they've got locations in American Fork, Spanish Fork, and St. George. They're coming soon to Riverton. So give Super Chicks a try. Do it for me. Do it for the Running Hoops podcast. All right. So a couple of quick recruiting notes for you. 2022 prospect Colin Chandler will be in town this weekend. He will be on campus this weekend. Reports are that BYU is making a big push and really pushing that Big 12 angle as a selling point. And why wouldn't they, right? Mark Mark Pope's doing a smart job there. Additional reports from folks like Josh Newman and others have suggested that Colin is, at this point, a Utah lean. So I would put a memo to the Muss here. Chant his name at the football game on Saturday night. Big time, big time opportunity for the Utah basketball program to put its best foot forward this weekend with Colin Chandler. He's a cornerstone type piece and would be a big, big recruiting win for Craig Smith early on here at Utah, especially with some of the other guys that they have not been able to land so far. 2022 prospect Randall Godfrey Jr. is planning a visit to Texas Tech, and we should have his decision in the not-too-distant future. He's visited Utah. He's visited Ole Miss. He's hurt. I, I don't know if he's visited Clemson, but I know Clemson is in the mix with him as well. So, Obviously, a lot of competition for Randall Godfrey Jr., but again, big-time opportunity for the Utes with him as well. And then 2023 prospect Finley Bizjack, a shooting guard, has been picking up some steam in terms of interest from Utah the last few weeks. We saw that tweet about Eric Peterson going out and visiting him. He's also like got a cool name, so there's that. I imagine we'll start to see now the the 2023 prospects come more into focus as the 2022 cycle wraps up here in a few weeks with with signing day. And it'll be interesting to see who Utah gets in the mix with 
in 2023. Okay, so we had Pac-12 Media Day on October 14th. I apologize for not being able to get a podcast out to you. After that, I had some personal things I needed to take care of last week, but we're back, and the Pac-12 Media Poll is now out. Utah was picked 10th by the media, about 50 points behind Stanford and 30 points ahead of Washington, so solidly, solidly in that 10 spot. The way that the rest of the poll went UCLA, Oregon go one and two. USC in at three. Oregon State and Arizona tie for fourth. Colorado is in at sixth. ASU at seven. Washington State at eight. So the media here, the Pac-12 media, not totally buying the Cougars hype just yet. Stanford at nine. Utah at 10. And then Washington and Cal at 11 and 12, respectively. Obviously, UCLA and Oregon, we knew that they were going to be up there. USC coming off of their run in the tournament last year. That was a kind of a no-brainer that they would be in the mix in that top five. I think Oregon State is certainly deserving of a top half projection going into the season. Arizona is, I think, largely based off of reputation here. Obviously, they've got some talent in the program, but we just don't know what Tommy Lloyd is going to be as a head coach. I don't think I'd have them as high as four, but again, it's that name recognition, that brand recognition. The expectation is, is that Arizona is going to be in the mix. Colorado and, and Arizona State, I think, are going to have very interesting seasons. Colorado's got some big-time opportunities, as does ASU. ASU is going to be trying to replace some guys. Colorado's going to be trying to replace McKinley Wright. So there's that. And then, you know, the bottom half there, Washington State, Stanford, Utah, Washington, and Cal. You know, that's all going to come down to which of those teams can go out and get some road wins in the conference. That's going to make the big difference between whether or not you finish in that top half of the league or if you fall to the bottom half. The All-Pac 12 teams were also announced. Ten players on the first team, totally wacky, but it is what it is. Uh, UCLA's got 30% of the first team. So Johnny Juzang, Tiger Campbell, and Jaime Jaquez. Between the second team and honorable mention, there's no Utes on the list. Not even Pele Larson at, at Arizona made the list. And so, I mean, look, I'm a mark for Brandon Carlson at this point, and obviously a total homer, admittedly. But for him not to even get an honorable mention, I mean, there's totally sleeping on what Utah might have coming back this year. And so I hope Brendan uses this as fuel, traps it in his headband, and goes out and dominates. I wanted to play a couple of audio clips for you from the Pac-12 Media Days in case you were not able to listen. This is all courtesy of the Pac-12.com. You can find it on their website, pac-12.com, or on their YouTube channel. The first clip we're going to listen to is going to be Craig talking about where the roster is at this point in terms of whether or not they can play the style of play that they want to this season. Well, certainly we still have work to do in that respect, but that's been a huge thing for us. Uh, you know, we do give our guys a lot of freedom out on the floor, and with more freedom comes more responsibility. And so I think we recruit to that. I think the guys that stayed, here, stayed at the University of Utah uh, exemplify that as well. And so, you know, we want guys that are skilled. They can shoot the ball. They can pass it. They can make quick decisions. They can rebound it. Yeah. Uh, right? Uh, Especially if you wear a headband. It, well, yeah. I mean, the whole thing. But uh, so... I like where we're at. 
Certainly, we still have about a month to go to keep on improving, but that's been our emphasis. Certainly, we've always prided ourselves in skill development, and our guys get better, right? Our guys at Utah State got better from when they got in the campus to when they left, and so that's been a big point of it. But with all these new guys, new coaching staff, we tried to play a lot, so they develop chemistry with each other. And you know, our guys have an attitude that craves improvement, and when you walk into a practice, I think you can see that, and more more than just see it, you feel it. Our guys have genuine chemistry, and they seem to get along uh, at a high level right now. Now, part of that is they all think they're playing 35 minutes a night. Um, so we'll find out when the do. rubber hits the road. But really excited about this group. All right. So a lot of good stuff in there from Coach Smith. Obviously, this is the time of year where hope springs eternal, right? And he even said it. These guys all feel like they're going to play 35 minutes a game. We know that's not going to be the case, but he said this a number of times now in several interviews that the team has an attitude that craves improvement, that they all have great chemistry. They like to get up and down on the floor. They enjoy coming to practice. All of those things, yes, it's coach speak. Yes, we've not seen them play on the floor yet, but he's with these guys every day and his optimism about the team should leave us I think a little bit encouraged again not overly optimistic for the season but look at Craig Smith's track record he comes in and he gets the most out of the guys that he has and when you think about guys like Jackson Brenchley, who haven't had a big opportunity yet in this program like Lahat Chun who hasn't had a big opportunity yet in this program like Gabe Madsen, who hasn't played much. These guys are going into that gym, they're buying in, they're playing hard, they're playing tough. So you really like to hear all of what he's saying. But he's also right that when the rubber hits the road, then we're going to find out what this team is really all about. More to come on that as the season progresses. But again, some good audio there from Craig Smith. I want to play a couple of clips for you now from Brandon Carlson and from Riley Batten, and I want to give you my thoughts on what we're hearing from the players and why the message that the players are giving us is so important, especially early on in the season. Yeah, I think there's just a lot more energy. You know, in practice, we're really upbeat. Everyone's ready. Um, Like your coach said, everyone's hungry to get better. Um, And I think it's it's just like a new era of Utah basketball coming in. And Brandon, you look at the opportunities that exist when you've got some vacancies on the team, you're bringing in new faces. Is there that sense of excitement? How's the chemistry coming along because you're trying to gel with a new coach, a lot of new bodies? How's that look like so far? I mean, it's been great on and off the court. You know, everyone is, everyone's already great friends. Everyone loves each other. We all do stuff, you know, go to, when a lot of people went to the jazz game the other night. Um, you just all hang out and on the court. It's great as well. We all have, you know, like as Riley said, high energy Everyone celebrates each other's successes, and it's been great. So again, you're getting this message from the players of high energy. Everybody wants to come to practice. Everybody's really bought in. Brandon Carlson said something very, very telling in his comments. He said, the players celebrate each other's successes. I think that's huge. I Honestly, think about the last couple of Utah teams. Think about some of the, shall we say, pouty tweets that we've seen from players after losses or even after wins. Now, again, we've not played one game in the Craig Smith era. Totally understand that. But the fact that they are celebrating each other, the fact that they care enough 
to celebrate each other. We've seen this every week in the Gata belt handing out when it goes from Riley Batten to Lahat to Gabe Madsen to Brandon Carlson. Like, they're all super excited for each other. They're tweeting that stuff out. They're putting it on Instagram. They're just, they do seem like a very cohesive unit at this very premature point in the season. I want to play one more clip for you from Riley Batten. He makes a very telling comment here. Let's roll to that. This is just another question sort of about how things are going and all of that stuff. You'll hear it in his tone. You'll hear it as as they uh, play the audio clip. Well, and you made the decision to to come back, and it seems like just listening to Coach, there is a lot of excitement, a lot of energy this season, and I imagine that's got to be fun to play under. Yeah, for sure. It's the type of environment you want as a player, you know? Uh, A coaching staff that believes in you and and really trusts who you are as a player. And for me, you know, like just talking with Coach, it was really a no-brainer. Like, I was in the portal to test options, and once Coach got hired, I sat down with him, and we had a great conversation, and it was really like, it was just clearly the place I wanted to be. So I'm excited for this year and I'm excited to get after it. All right. So a couple of things there from Riley Batten's comments. Number one, Riley seems like a completely different person, right? I mean, we saw him go through that slump last year. We saw his minutes diminish, all of that stuff. He, he sounds completely reinvigorated by Craig Smith and Eric Peterson, DeMarlo Slocum, Tim Morris, the whole staff, right? He sounds like a completely different person, seems a lot happier, ready to go. He makes a very telling comment when he talks about this is an environment that players want to play in. And I I don't, I'm not saying any of this to run down the previous staff. I I think it was just time for a new voice, right? Uh, Larry had been here for 10 years and it was time. But when he talks about a coaching staff that believes in you and trusts who you are as a player, I think that that is a very telling comment about what was going on with the previous staff and how they were trying to use the pieces that they had in this program and potentially use them incorrectly. I love that this staff appears to be looking at what they have and saying, okay, let's draw out these players' biggest strengths and let's really work on them. And the fact that a guy like Riley, who again, had a rough year last year, jumps into the portal. He's only in there for a few days. He talks to Craig Smith. Craig Smith gets him to pull his name out of the portal. And now he's coming in and he's getting the Gata belt. And he's looking like he slimmed down a little bit, looking re-energized. I think it's all positive signs. And I'm glad to have guys like Riley and Jackson and Brendan and Lahat in the program, and the walk-ons as well, who stuck around, who trusted in what Craig Smith was selling, who are now celebrating the successes of these other players that have come in that are fairly new to the program, that are fairly new to them. I think it points to a team that is not going to let itself splinter as the season goes on when the going gets tough. Now, we'll have to see. We'll have to see. But... That's my initial thought and reaction on Media Day. When we come back, we'll talk through some rankings that have come out and where the Utes are there, as well as some questions that John Rothstein has posted about the Pac-12 this season right after these words from one of our sponsors. Hey guys, I want to tell you about Registered Physical Therapists, RPT Utah. These guys are committed to getting you back to work and play 
fast. Their skilled physical therapists offer a wide variety of services, including surgical and non-surgical orthopedic injuries, spine injuries, headache relief, balance training, and women's health. With nine locations along the Wasatch Front, they have got all your physical therapy needs covered. So go to their website to schedule your appointment today. It's rptutah.com. That's rptutah.com. Okay, we are back, and we're talking about five questions for the Pac-12 from John Rothstein. And, of course, you can find John on Twitter at J-O-N Rothstein. John's a content machine. He's been putting a lot of things out, and a lot of that stuff has had some Pac-12 interests in it, including these five questions for the Pac-12. So let's go right to them. Number one, can the Pac-12 build off of its NCAA tournament success? Well, that wholly depends on UCLA and Oregon and USC and Oregon State bouncing back, and then the middle of the conference rising up and meet those other teams creating instead of a four or so team dynamic a four to seven team dynamic so can they build off of their success they certainly can the pieces are there but there's some work to be done question two how will UCLA handle expectations this is the big question they're coming in as the number two ranked team in the country they've got all of their starters back from last year's team. They've added the transfer from Rutgers that's going to help them in the front court get some rebounding help. Now the question will be, what does UCLA do when it gets everybody's best shot? You're going to have packed arenas all around the Pac-12, not to mention the fact that they've got a non-conference schedule that is heavy, heavy, heavy. Gonzaga, North Carolina, Marquette, UNLV, we'll throw them in there, and some others. Can UCLA handle the pressure? Can Mick Cronin keep that team focused, keep that team together? That is a big question. Number three, how will Tommy Lloyd perform in his first season as a Division I head coach? Well, you guys know this has been a theme of mine throughout this podcast So far, Arizona's got high expectations, not just because of the talent inside their program, but because that's what they've been forever. And the fact that Sean Miller's gone and the fact that they may have sanctions coming is immaterial to their fan base. And what they want to see are results. And the big question is, is Tommy Lloyd the guy to deliver those results? And Again, for me, for me, it's a TBD. I don't think that Arizona is the juggernaut that it once was where you can just chalk up a road loss in Tucson or even a home win against them. I just, I don't see that yet, but I'm willing to have my mind changed by the Wildcats as we get into the early part of the season and the conference season. Question four, what does Marcus Bagley's return mean to Arizona State? Wow, I could not think of a less relevant question to lump in for the top five questions about the Pac-12. No disrespect to Marcus Bagley and no disrespect to Arizona State, but Arizona State's got bigger problems and issues and concerns than Marcus Bagley coming back and what that impact will be. They've got a bunch of transfers gone. They've got a bunch of guys coming in, all of whom were, or many of whom, were leading scorers on their team. And Bobby Hurley has yet to show that he can bring all of that talent together in a cohesive way 
and get the best out of it to the tune of a top four seed in the league or a run in the NCAA tournament. I'm not saying they can't do it. I'm just saying, will they do it? I think a better question in that spot would be how do the transfers impact the name teams in the league? like an Arizona State, like an Oregon, like even a Washington State or a Washington. Remember, Washington's got two transfers inside the league. To me, that would be a more burning question than isolating the Arizona State situation with Marcus Bagley. He's certainly going to help them. I'm not saying he's not, but it's just, to me, it's not necessarily a burning question for the Pac-12. And five, who is the sleeper? Well, everybody thinks Washington State is the sleeper. Now, the media as we saw, voted them number eight in the preseason poll. From that number eight position, yes, they would absolutely be a sleeper jumping up into, let's say, the top six. Who else could be there? Well, if we're defining sleeper as a bottom half team, right, that disqualifies Arizona, Oregon State, and Colorado. So who does that leave us with? Well, It leaves us with Washington State, it leaves us with Stanford, it leaves us with Washington. Could be one of those teams that jump up. Stanford certainly has the talent to jump up and be a sleeper and be a tournament team. But again, do they have the right guy on the bench to draw that out of them? I don't know. It'll be interesting to see. CBS Sports has ranked all 358 college basketball teams for the upcoming season and Boy, you know I love these lists. These are great lists. Utah came in at number 103. And here's the little blurb that they leave about Utah. Enigmatic group in Craig Smith's first season in Salt Lake City. The players who were meaningful have left. The Utes have lost more than 75% of their offense. If there's one guy who has a window to pop, it's David Jenkins, who was a stud at South Diego State. It says that. South Diego State. So these guys are really doing their homework on uh, on Utah, and their proofreading is top-notch as well. He had a stopover with UNLV and decided to stay out west. Wing Booth Gotch also boomerangs back to where his career began. I'm not going to hammer these guys too hard, although South Diego State is pretty funny. Look, nobody's doing their homework on this team because they don't think that this team is worthy of doing their homework on. I think that's the bottom line. And again, that's the kind of thing that Craig Smith and his staff and the players are going to need to use as fuel to prove people wrong and to get attention, quite frankly, as the season progresses. Some interesting notes there. The list is kind of jumbled together, but there are a lot of teams on Utah's schedule that are kind of in that just over 100 to in the 80s range. Missouri came in at 90 TCU is into the early hundreds on the list. So some interesting dynamics there in terms of Utah's schedule and Utah's opponents. The AP poll is out. And in what would be a surprise to nobody, UCLA comes in at number two and Oregon comes in at number 13. And nobody else in the Pac-12 or on Utah's schedule at the moment is ranked in the AP poll to start the season. Now, USC, Arizona, Colorado, and BYU all received votes with USC leading the way there. Of those of those six teams in the AP poll or in the others receiving votes, Utah has home games against all of them. So again, you're talking about six Q1, Q2 opportunities for the Utes 
against AP AP poll teams. All right, ESPN has put out a Pac-12 preview, and it only mentions Utah in terms of its predicted order of finish, where the running Utes got two tens, one eleven, and one twelve from now the enemy of the people in Salt Lake City, Joe Lenardi. Yes, Joe Lenardi ranks the Utes as twelve in his preseason Pac-12 rankings. I think that also is going to tell you that we probably shouldn't expect to see the Utes in any of his bracketology projections for quite some time unless they make some big splashes in the early season non-conference and road schedule. And then finally, Ken Palm of KenPalm.com and at Ken Pomeroy on Twitter released his initial rankings for the season. Utah comes in at 93 and is projected to go 14 and 15 with a 7 and 13 league record. Now, the only game he doesn't project here is the Rhode Island or Tulsa game because that's not going to show up until after we know what we do against BC. He does project Utah to beat Boston College in the Sunshine Slam and if rankings hold, it would be Rhode Island who is a top who who is 100 exactly in his preseason rankings which would essentially be a toss-up on a neutral site, the way that I'm understanding these rankings and how he sort of looks at these teams. Both teams would be favored at home, but on a neutral site, it's probably one of those 70-71 to type games. He's got the Pac-12 as his number four conference in the preseason, and the rankings range from UCLA at 7 to Washington at 102. So at least in the preseason rankings, the Pac-12 is looking to be a very solid conference, which is something that we all know, but some of the outsiders may or may not know. His projections are interesting, though, because he's got Utah projected as this with a 7-13 record in the Pac-12, but right now he's only actually got them winning four of those games, and they're all at home. So, obviously these numbers are going to start to mean a little bit more as we get closer to the games being played, but it's a good baseline to understand where Utah is in the preseason and where everybody on the schedule is as well. Good stuff there from Ken Pomeroy. Well, that is going to do it for this episode of the Running Hoops podcast. You can find us on social media at Running Hoops on Twitter. You can email the show there. You can also email the show Podcast at gmail.com. I am currently working on a series of season preview shows where I'm hoping to bring on some guests, so you can look forward to that. we still got to preview the Pac-12 South, and we've got a game in almost two weeks from the recording of this episode. So, a lot of exciting things going on on the Hill. I thank you, as always, for listening. I'm Andrew Crowley. This is the Run Weeks Podcast, and as always... Go Utes!